0: Hello, and thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church of DeRidder, Louisiana, recorded at our 10 o'clock service on Sunday, November 26, 2017. Our text for the morning comes from Matthew, the 25th chapter, verses 31 through 46. When the Son of Man comes in His glory, and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on the throne of His glory. All the nations will be gathered before Him, And he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at the left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. You that are accursed, depart from me in the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not give me clothing. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they will also answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry, or thirsty, or stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Today's passage is one that I think, if we're honest with ourselves, probably should make us a little nervous, should probably put us in a bit of a defensive posture. And the reason being is that in today's passage, as Christ is talking about His coming in glory, He says some things to all of us that may make that day not quite as much fun as we may have been led to believe. And in this passage, Christ makes us confront some of our own prejudices, some of our own presuppositions, makes us confront some of those things that we are in denial about because we have preconceived notions of who is and who isn't a part of God's family. It's one of the big battles, actually, that has been going on in churches for about 2,000 years, but it's becoming more and more of an issue, especially upon mainline Protestant denomination churches across the Fruited Plain. And what's coming to a head is what makes good little church people. We don't, I think, realize we do it from time to time. But it's funny. Every now and then, there'll be a conversation or something. And it'll be well-meaning. And I'll be, uh, I'll be visiting with someone... And I say, oh, preacher, we would love to have so-and-so in our church. They would be great for our church. And I say, what would be great about them? Well, they've got a good job. They've got young kids. They're respectable members of society. They would be an asset in all sorts of areas. And that's perfectly fine. But do we have the conversation... When we see someone or encounter someone who's unkempt, maybe has a little bit of body odor, maybe doesn't have the social graces that we think good little church people should have, someone who may be, for whatever reason, down on their luck, may not have any luck at all, and we ask ourselves, or we say to ourselves, unconsciously, if not, so, if not consciously, if they would only choose to straighten their life out, things might be better off. Now, let's not kid ourselves. I don't think there's one of us in the room that hasn't done that at some point or another. And that's why I say today's passage, while a passage of looking forward, may also want us to take pause for a minute. Because we see in these words a few things that are absolute certainties. The first thing we see is right there in verse 31. He says, When the Son of Man comes in His glory. When. Christ's coming in glory is a when and not an if discussion. There is no doubt at all that Christ is coming again in glory. Someday Christ is going to come and we're going to be held accountable for our actions and our attitudes as individuals and as churches. And what kind of accounting will we be giving? And Jesus doesn't just leave it as when the Son of Man comes in glory and He sits on His throne. He'll be asking some questions of us all. He'll be going on and He'll say, Come you that are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. It's the second thing we see real quick. Christ's eternal reign will show who has truly followed Him. Christ's eternal reign will show who has truly followed Him. The question for us this morning is, what, how, how do we live out these standards? How do we live out this calling? Do we allow ourselves just to do some one-off stuff and pat ourselves on the back? Or is it a part of the fabric of our DNA? One of the great things that I love about being the pastor of this congregation is our third Sunday Noisy Offering. And not just because I get to pass the hat twice in one service, although that is a good thing from time to time. But what is really neat is we've built into our worship a set-aside time every month to support our mission ministries. Angie Thorne here in our choir does a wonderful job of leading our mission ministries. And one of the things that you saw in the letter you got from us this week talking about what all God has done in the life of this church is we've gotten a chance to commit ourselves to the ministries of the church over the next year. But it wasn't just a financial pledge, was it? It wasn't just a financial commitment. But it was a commitment to be part of various ministries within the church as part of our service vow and through participating in our mission ministries. Not only with the offering, the noisy offering, and not only with the communion offering, as you notice, we actually take two separate mission offerings a month. One on Communion Sunday, where we support the pastor's discretionary fund, but also our noisy offering. And we do so much work with that. We do so much good with that, but yet we don't talk enough about it. We also do work through our United Methodist Women and their mission work. And we also do mission work by throwing open the doors of the church for Vacation Bible School for any child in the community. And there are some kids who do not have a church home who for one week come and hear the message of God and Jesus' love and Jesus' grace. We just got done with our backpack ministry. We're getting ready for our Christmas food ministry where we're going to be taking applications like we do every year. We're going to be helping 20 families with a complete uh, meal for Christmas Day along with um, other things that they'll get as part of that gift. And I encourage you to be a part of that ministry. Angie will be around after worship. Visit with her. Give her a phone call. Shoot her an email. Angie, raise your hand, please. Say hi to Angie, everyone. Say hi, Angie. Hi, Angie. All right, and part of the thing is, is that with this mission work and with this mission ministry, anyone who wants to help can reach out. Angie's not going to reject help from anyone. And this is a chance for us to continue worshiping in these ways and serving in these ways, and we do it in part because Christ is laying out before us these things. We also have other mission projects we do one-off here and there. But part of us being the body of Christ, part of us being the body of Christ is being serious about mission work. But rather than having just one small group of people where they're the mission group, everyone in the church is invited to be a part of this. Everyone in the church is invited to help Angie. Everyone in the church is invited. If you have an idea for a mission project, something that falls in line with what our mission is as a church, let's take the ball and run with it. Let's get ready to go out and do God's work. Because that leads us to our third point from today. Let's go down to verses 44 through 46. And I left 46 off for a reason when I read it earlier. It says, Then they will also answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a a stranger or naked or in prison and did not take care of you? Then He will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to Me. And these will go away into eternal punishment. But the righteous and to eternal life." This is why how we look at the least and the lost are so, is so crucial. And that's because our sharing in Christ's reign. This little home and glory land that outshines the sun, this place we're going to fly away to, and all the other nice little upbeat hymns that are such a part of our tradition, we're going to share that. It, our sharing of Christ's reign is directly tied to our attitude toward the marginalized. And there is no way about no other way around it. Christ right here, out of the word, out of His own mouth, if we do not address the needs of the marginalized, we can forget the home of glory land and outshines the sun. We can forget some glad morning when we fly away. For us to celebrate in Christ and share in Christ's coming in glory, we cannot be people who are stuck on a people of a certain way. We must be looking for all who are marginalized. But let us also make sure. Let us also make sure that we're not looking just at physical needs. But do we reach out? Do we minister to the brokenhearted? Do we reach out? Do we even within our own pews? Do we bear one another's burdens? Do we pray for one another? Do we love one another? Do we encourage one another? Do we forgive one another? because there are people who are hungry for friendship, people who are thirsty for someone who cares. There are people who are spiritually and emotionally dying because we're waiting for them to reach out to us for a need rather than us reaching out to them. I visited with a lady one time in a church And she said, Preacher, I used to be an active member of the church. And I said, I know. What happened? She said, Well, I was in a bad place one time. And I got a letter from somebody in the church a couple of days after worship saying, I needed to clean myself up before I came to church again. Someone who offered to tell me how I didn't measure up to the standard of someone who would come to church. I cried right there on the spot in front of her. That's how mad I was. Because this is someone who was reaching out. Someone who was in God's house. And all we could do was attack how she presented herself. The question on the front cover of the bulletin is absolutely accurate. 100%. Christ is coming back. It's not a question mark, it's a statement, but I put a question mark there because sometimes, even with the most well-intentioned of behaviors, we miss that. But Christ is coming back. And on this Sunday, as we get we come off Thanksgiving weekend, and as we head into Advent, and then after Advent, the 12 days of Christmas, there's going to be a lot of focus on meeting the needs of the less fortunate and the marginalized. But you know what? We're, our society is great at doing that between November 15th and December 25th. But what about the other 315 days of the year? the beautiful thing is, brothers and sisters, as people of the cross, as people of God, as people of the church, as people who can't wait for some glad morning, as people who got a home in glory land that outshines the sun, you and I know that Thanksgiving and Christmas aren't the only two times we are to reach out to the least, to the lost, to the hungry, to the naked, to the homeless. For us, those are not opportunities. Those are a lifestyle. And those have to be a lifestyle because our eternal glory rides on it. And that means us having the freedom to do whatever it takes to reach out pointed out Angie in our mission ministry this morning as a way to get in touch with her, but it's not all on Angie, it's not all on a pastor, it's not all on a group. It is on all of us to find ways to reach out to meet the needs of others. Let us be people who embrace our call from Christ Himself. Let us find some people to roll with it, and let's do it so that God gets the glory. And let's do it not because we have to, but let's do it because we want to, because Christ is indeed coming back. Thank you for listening to this podcast of First United Baptist Church of DeRitter, Louisiana. You may find out more about us at fumcderitter.org.